What's up, Whittier? Welcome to What's Up, Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. What's up, Whittier? Dun da da da. Remo. <laughs> it's a new year, Jesse. We gotta change it up a little bit. We gotta add a little, little oomph to it. There you go, man. Every year we gotta add something to it, man. Yes, sir. Um, man, can't believe it's 2022, man. Yeah. It, for me, uh, I don't know how it was for you, uh, your New Year's, but for me, it felt like I fell asleep uh, one day and next day woke up and it just like they say later? overnight. Yeah, <laughs> overnight we're like New Year. Yeah. Yeah, you do anything for New Year's and Christmas? No, just uh, well, Christmas we went camping, took the family out, hung out. Uh, you know, it was good. Weather weather wasn't as great as we wanted it to be because it was raining. I don't remember a year when Christmas when it rained on Christmas, which yeah. was uh, kind of awkward. Yeah, um, cold, but never not really raining. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, New Year's, we just stood home, uh, spent it with the kids, and uh, yeah. rang in a new year, man. Nice. What about you? Uh, we entered a, a, a season of Survivor. <laughs> we went to the. That's right. We went to Lake Arrowhead when it, in the middle of that storm. Yeah, yeah. And my God, never had I ever needed to put on chains in the snow for the first time watching YouTube with no signal, and a crying baby in the back seat. Um, so it was it was it was an adventure. A lot of things were closed. McDonald's. I mean, just things you take for granted because people couldn't come to work. Yeah. So we pretty much stayed in the hotel lobby with some good family friends and their kids for about two days. And wow. uh, we came home. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> it's good to be home, you know, as we're coming back because we're driving and we had 12 inches of snow one night. Uh, so driving conditions suck. And so we finally come down the mountains, are able to take off the chains, and we get to where it's raining hard. And I'm like, oh, man, this rain is cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm trying to not fall off a cliff driving 20 miles an hour with a crying baby in the back. Uh, but I got to the 65, you know, 15, 65 mile hour, 15 freeway, and it was pouring rain. I was like, oh, this is, I could do this blindfolded. So, uh, anyways, it's good to be uh, back home. Did, uh, did you guys uh, you guys do anything for New Year's? Um, yeah, we... we uh, we hung out in the kitchen, then moved to the living room, <laughs> <laughs> made sure no one stole the Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, no, we didn't do anything. We watched the ball drop. Actually, we tried to. Our daughter was asleep, and then 11.45, she wakes up, and I go grab her. And, uh, you know, at our house, we have, uh, you know, a little view. And so on New Year's, they light a lot of fireworks, and yeah, it's yeah. actually really nice. And so the whole time, I'm, like, trying to put her to sleep, but I'm trying to watch the fireworks, and she yeah. wouldn't go to sleep, so... We rung the new year trying to put a, her to sleep. Right, at least. My wife watched the ball drop by herself. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, no, man. This whole COVID thing is definitely still uh, impacting, obviously, uh, yeah. plans. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm over this, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I hope this is a year, man. Yeah, you know, I was in Home Depot the other day, and, and um, you know, I, I, we were wearing masks, starting to wear masks, and we took them off for that time for I don't know how many months. Yeah. And it was kind of liberating. And then two years later, you're still, I'm going to Home Depot, I'm wearing a mask, and everyone's wearing a mask. And yeah. when you see that one person now not wearing a mask, you're like, whoa, hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> do it for all of us, buddy. Um, and I'm not, you know, pro-mask, not mask. I mean, I, I don't like to wear a mask, and yeah. I prefer not to wear a mask. Um, however, with the, the increase, it just makes more sense to say for a bet. Um, but it's it just so normal now, yeah. you know. I, I I have boxes of of, of masks, yeah. you know, and I've tri- traveled to Asia a few times in the past, 
And it's very common in the past. You know, when we went to Japan or um, where else in Korea and other places where yeah. wearing masks is like a common thing. Oh, really? And, and you know, we would be like, "Ah, look at their wearing masks." Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't know any better. And sure enough, now it becomes part of our culture. They were living in the future, man. I, <laughs> but it, it's common in their culture. If you're sick, you out of courtesy, you wear a mask. Mask, yeah. And um, obviously, it took us a pandemic for us to realize <laughs> that yeah, should be yeah. a good standard to adopt. No, definitely, man, definitely. Um, obviously, this is our our first podcast back. Uh, took a little break for the for the holidays, yeah. and this year, um, obviously, no special guests other than ourselves. Just yeah, having we're a conversation. People, Jesse. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and just have a conversation, man. I, I think uh, what we decided on is just being able to talk about um, this year coming up, yeah. goals and, and uh, plans that we have uh, in, for obviously personal goals or, or plans, but also sharing some ideas um, or some thoughts in terms of, uh, you know, um, if you're like a solopreneur or, or somebody who has a small business um, or is thinking of going into business or expanding a business, uh, just kind of gen- general topics, general ideas. Um, just kind of share some some knowledge, some wealth here. Um, obviously, you're going to be doing more of the sharing. I'm going to be yeah. doing more of the talking or, or questions. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, uh, listeners out there would uh, would benefit from this. And if you guys feel that you know we should do this more often, uh, let us know. Send us a message. And uh, Remo would be glad to uh, share some knowledge. Yeah, you know, I, I like to. <laughs> you know, th- there's a. There's a, 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 a lyric that Jay-Z, and I'm a big Jay-Z fan, um, and he says, you, you, um, God, what's the, there's a plane's flying above, so it's probably loud. Um, you, esta- or no, you think you're wealthy because you're wealthy, but wealth is, is, you're wealthy by the people who around you are wealthy. So it's almost like if you want to, if you want to have true wealth, you have to have others around you, and you have to bring people up. And if you don't, then you're not really, you know, rich. And I, I'll get the the, the verse because I absolutely butchered it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the premise of of it. It's like yeah. you know what you start really realizing your your riches when you have people around you that are kind of that you're bringing up. And I think that's you know, in in, in my life, that's where I want to strive to is to have people around me continue to like succeed and level up. And so. This the, the idea of today's conversation is, you know, you're at a point and you, you, maybe you've hit the same level of, of business or, you know, it could be for any industry, really. And you're kind of at this point where you have a ceiling and you, you can't kind of pass that ceiling. And you're, maybe you're by yourself or and, and how do you break through that? And I think that's a really the idea as we enter this new year to try to, again, get up to that next level. So for somebody who's thinking about, um, obviously, if, it, if their goal is to, uh, if they are by themselves and they're wanting to uh, grow, um, either bringing on staff or just, you know, growing, I don't know, their business somehow, what, what would you say would be the first thing to start looking at or thinking about in terms of uh, uh, that business model? Well, um, we, we, before we started talking, we talked about the like a surgeon analog- analogy, yeah. right? And, and I think this is... Uh, you know, as a sole practitioner, you are in charge of everything, right? You are, you know, if it's a physical business, you're taking out the trash, you're buying toilet paper. If you, you know, a year or two ago, you couldn't find it, but you're responsible for everything, right? Yeah. The internet, the this, the that versus 
one the, one extreme of that is like someone like a surgeon, right? A surgeon, if you've ever had surgery, if you've ever seen surgery shows, a surgeon goes in, someone puts on their gloves, they open you up, they fix you, they seal you back up, and they walk out of the room, right? But there's a lot of things that happen for that surgery to take place and to be successful, right? There's the medical equipment, there's the surgical tools, there's the ordering of all that stuff, there's you know, bringing in the client, there's the database that's behind it, there's, you know, the insurances that take place, all like many, many different things that are happening. But the surgeon's responsibility is to come in, fix you, and then walk. And they have no care about, you know, who's going to take out the trash or anything like that. And I think, again, being a sole entrepreneur, you know, we're having all these hats and we are ordering the, you know, the, um, what is it called? The medical stuff. We're, we're trying to do everything, and we would do one surgery every six months because at that time. Versus the surgeon that could just do multiple surgeries in a day because that's all that they're responsible. So I think, you know, to answer that question with that analogy is is so you need to hire administrative help as soon as possible. You know, um, and, and this is really for the, the salespeople out there. Um, you know, you you can't give that function up until you maximize your time. For, for example, you know, if, if I'm in real estate uh, and I, you know, one thing that I've learned over the years is I know the things that I'm good at and the things that I just I'm not good at because I don't have the patience and just knowing my personality and so forth. So, um, you know, I don't like chasing paperwork. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm I know it's important, but I'm bad at it. So for me, I need to make sure whoever I bring on is good at that thing because I just want to continue to engage with people you know go on appointments that's what i'm good at and so i then try to hire all the things that i'm not good at versus bringing on a salesperson and then i take over the administrative stuff because that's gonna you're gonna get to a kind of another ceiling you want to do all the sales yourself and hire the administrative work where a lot of people bring on additional salespeople with no administrative help and then it kind of doesn't work out so what you're saying is basically uh, figure out what your strength is, what you're good at, what yeah. what your surgical uh, kind of expertise is, yeah. right? And then uh, hire out um, or bring on staff uh, for those other specific uh, that are non-related to your your task itself. Yeah. yeah. So one one of the 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 tests that someone can take is the behavioral test. Yeah. And the behavioral test just tells you how you're wired, right? Yeah. Some there's, you know, it's called the, the DISC. So it's a driver, influencer, someone that's stable. And I don't know what the C stands for because I'm not it. Um, Is it creative? No. Uh, no. Cautious, I think. Okay. S- something like that. So, um, for example, I, I am a, a driver. I, I like to I move fast. I like I don't like to overanalyze things. And that's how I'm wired. So in situations, if I know that that's how I'm wired, I then need to be sensitive to those that are very analytical that want to see a lot of data, right? Mm-hmm. So then me being me being aware of that allows me then to, you know, enter situations a little bit better. So one of the things I recommend for people is to do that disk profile test. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it used to be free through anthonyrobbins.com, and I think you go under a tab called resources, and it was there. I'm not sure if it's still there, but if you do a behavioral profile test, it just, again, tells you how you're wired. And the more you know about yourself, the better you are interacting with other people. Because if I now know I'm a driver and I'm talking, sitting in front of someone that's analytical, I know that I need to give more data, right? Go a little bit slower, show, you know, examples and so forth. Where 
it's the opposite. You know, if someone, if I just show me where to sign, like I'm that type of person, right? I don't need to see too much data. It just, it bores me. Just give me the, you know, the 33,000 mile or feet view of what's to happen and then show me where to sign, right? Where other people may not. So knowing how you're wired is really important. So that this profile is something. And then um, we talked about, um, you know, what might be the first step. It's really bring it on whether it's a part-time or full-time administrative person mm-hmm. that could do the billing that could do you know like in, in your world right that could set up your appointments that could do a lot of stuff that allows you to be in front of the client right and the more of that happens the more clients you're going to see the more sales you're going to you know sign under contract and the more the more you're going to grow but if you're trying to do the appointment, then go back, put the, together the proposal, then make sure did you get the email, not get the email. You're chasing it down. You're in another appointment, and you're not you're not getting things happening because yeah. you need someone to be stationary at the at the office to be able to do that. Whether it's you know virtual, remote, part time, full time, yeah, obviously that's up to the person. So uh, let's get into some specifics. Obviously, we're we're trying to be general for everybody, but. Let's say it is somebody who has like a an office biz, uh, a professional uh, type business. Um, what does that mean? Hire out. I mean, what are the options? Well, I mean, so there's obviously in in person where they come to your office, and again, whether it's part time, full time, you can decide that. But physically be in the office, and obviously there's more accountability. It's it's easier. Um, you know, depending on who you hire, obviously some people want to see the person in front of them if they're working or not. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we, we've, we have on our team a virtual assistant that resides in the Philippines and she's been with us four and a half years. And something really exciting that happened uh, three weeks ago, she, um, her and her husband bought a house in the Philippines. And, you know, we'd like to say we're part of that because obviously we've employed her for four and a half, five years. But to see that happen is kind of really like special and cool because... Nice. Um, you know, we're creating homeowners, not just in, <laughs> in Whittier in the Southeast LA County and, you know, LA, Orange County. Oh, you but, guys, did you guys help run the transaction? No, no, no. But, but she was obviously, <laughs> she needed a job to be able to buy. And so we, you know, we're really excited for her, um, to do that. So virtual assistants are, are really a great, you know, a great tool the, you know, it, it, it's good and bad. And for those that are thinking about, um, a virtual assistant, I can kind of tell you our personal pros and cons. Um, obviously they're, they're relatively inexpensive, um, to, uh, labor here, right. Um, without getting into too much detail, virtual assistance on a weekly basis are anywhere from 200 to maybe 350 mm-hmm. a week. And that's full time, usually college educated, um, and so it's 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 obviously it's really inexpensive um, yeah. compared to you know labor cost uh, here. Um, the so that's the pro that it's that it's um, cost effective. Cost effective, yeah. The the bad part to it though is they're very and this is my personal experience and I've heard others share similar is they want to please as much as possible and for them to please they need to know all the details. So you have to be very um, you have to have a manual in a sense for them because if not and there's one task and they are again want to please and want to do that one task that you assign to them they need all the instructions so if you're kind of like i'll oh, just figure it out that's not them so there was one instance where 
there, there was I don't know what the task was, but I, maybe I didn't give the clearest instructions. So they sent me a Facebook message. Hey, can we answer this question? Then I didn't answer like two, three minutes later. They sent me something on Instagram, then Skype, then called, then text, <laughs> then emailed, and all within like an hour because they want to complete their task. Yeah. And I'm just like, take the day off. You know, yeah. it could be with pay. I'm just in the middle of something and I can't answer that question. So if you don't have your systems dialed in and how it's supposed to look, I think that's obviously um, something you, you need to do first. Yeah. Um, and I guess one, one other thing for the sole entrepreneur, what's really important is you have to take whatever's in your mind of how things flow and how it should look and put it on paper. Because I think the more it's in your head and not on paper, you're always being on just a solopreneur. Yeah. Right. I think once you pull it on paper, then you can share it. Someone else can execute it. That's when you start really running a business versus just being a sole entrepreneur. So what would you say uh, in that sense? Like, uh, obviously, uh, what, what kind of responsibilities would, would that make sense for? Like, uh, are you talking about like maybe emails, like responding to emails respond or follow ups? Um, I mean, calls or, or what? Like, what would that be best for? So. Here's what I what I personally did. So I, I wrote all the tasks and the job description, like all the things that need to happen in my world, right? And it might be 20, 30, 50, whatever it might be, right? Replying to emails, deleting spam email, um, sending out our marketing material, all the like just uh, a to-do list of all the things that happen in a week or a month. And then I looked at it and say, okay, which one of these do I want to do or I'm good at and which ones am I not good at? And Obviously, the ones I'm not good at is what's going to fill the job description of this new person. Mm. And at that point, I will then say, okay, can these tasks be handled virtually, right? And, and you know, the, one of the bright sides of the pandemic, it allowed us to see that working remotely isn't, you yeah. know, people are not just going to watch TV while they're working. Sometimes. They're, yeah. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's now people are, are conditioned to that. And I, I tell you, we, we're probably more productive working. I'm definitely more productive working from home because I have a setup and our staff as well. Because, you know, this is a little selfish. But when they're physically at work, they're only working when they're physically at work. Yeah. When it's virtual and, and you know, whether they... We have two ladies that are administrative. If they go get their nails done during the middle of the day, I can care less as long as the work's being done, yeah. right? And But they're also responding to emails at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. So it almost feels like it's an ongoing workday. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a little selfish. So if they want to work from home and have that as kind of the, 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 the be okay with that, then I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So we talked about obviously uh, outsourcing uh, or, or virtual assistants. You talked about having also uh, employees or, or staff here in house. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like, and, and and when is the right time to make that call? Um, so, the the the, the hiring process. I, I think too many people go hire too quickly, mm. and, um, and what what I mean by that. Is you know our hiring process for our team is about a four interview process, right? And I think that a lot of people, you know, and I'll, I'll just use it as I need administrative help. You did administrative in the background or in the past, then you need a job. I need someone help. You're hired, right? Versus actually going through and asking some comprehensive questions about, you know, tell me a time when you felt like you were properly managed, right, or poor, poorly managed, and. Really discovering and peeling back the onion of, of 
is this person, did they leave their job because they really didn't have the opportunity or is there, am I looking for red flags? And that a lot of people just go through the hiring process and, you know, luckily we've, we've had all but one good hire and, um, that bad hire was just, it was, it was very draining because, you know, we, we try to create a great environment and, you know, they, they said that we created a hostile work environment and, <laughs> and they filed unemployment, they quit and they said I, they were fired. I mean, it was just, and, and, uh, it wasn't a good experience. And, um, and that's the cost of a bad hire because now I'm no longer paying attention to the business. Now I'm, tr- I'm like, it's in my head. I'm trying to refute this bad claim because it's, you know, to me, it's a shot at, at our character and, and it was just, it was bad. And so, um, and we're still pretty thorough on our hiring process. So if someone just says, puts an ad out and the first person applies, they hire them. You're, you want to know more. I'm not saying it's not going to work yeah. out or cannot work out. However, I, I want to know more about that person, more about their current situation. You know, um, you know, what, what does good management look like to them? What is poor management? You know, how do I win with them? How do I lose with them? And vice versa, how they lose with me and how they win with me. And all these things need to be set up. So, going into the relationship or the business relationship, both sides are going to win. And I think a lot of time you just kind of roll the dice if you don't do that and it might work out, but, but you know, most likely it won't. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, obviously would, in terms of timing, like, uh, what would, like, when do you know you should hire somebody, uh, to come on board? Are we looking at more of the financial aspect of things or are we talking about the workload aspect or, or maybe the driver is a need, like you said, to take care of certain things. Like, how do you? I think it depends on the person. Um, and what I mean by that is, some people might want to make more, right? Some people might want to give more of their time back, right? And you know, we're probably overstaffed right now, right? And what I mean by that is, we have two really talented in-house staff, uh, administrative, or Kathy and Jessica, and we have our virtual assistant. We could take on probably another fifty percent more business and still not really feel like like it's not going to impact the like our capacity, right? And and someone might say, well, why do you need that much staff, right? Should you let one of them go? And for me, I'd rather work thirty, forty hours a week and and be able to come home and play with with our, our little one versus having one staff and then I know I have to work 50 hours. So for me, I'm, I think we're overstaffed. Uh, however, I, I'm more concerned with, you know, um, with my lifestyle than I am with just the bottom line. So to to answer that question, you know, um, it, it depends on the person. If, if you're just trying to save money, then obviously you're going to only have in my position one administrative person. If you want to maybe golf once a week or whatever it is, then obviously the more staffed you are and the better. And, and obviously you got to look at how much you're making and how much the staff's costing you and what your bottom line is. But, you know, I've had a, some sort of administrative help for the last maybe uh, 10 plus years. And, you know, someone, um, going back to the medical analogy, someone explained to me earlier, I don't know who it is, but whoever it is, thank you, um, the whole doctor nurse, right? The nurse sets everything up, takes your blood pressure, Doctor goes in, in the, what I always say is they shake hands and kiss babies. They ask you a couple questions and they write you a prescription or they tell you something and they're out of the room, right? And I've always wanted that where our administrative team sets a lot of the stuff up. I go in there, do our thing, and then kind of walk out. And so it allows me to then, you know, not be 
not be needed all the time. Just the times I'm needed, I just obviously have to show up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of the financial aspect, though, like how um, if somebody's looking to hire somebody on, I mean, what would you recommend or suggest uh, to be able to have that money, uh, whether it's up front or or planned out, you know, throughout the year? Like, how do you how do you plan for that that extra salary? Yeah. So a lot of people think that if I'm paying someone fifty thousand, is I have to have fifty thousand sitting in the bank ready to to fire off and, and pay this person for the whole year. And the reality is you don't, you, you know, maybe you need two months worth of that salary. So if it's 50,000, you know, divided by 12, it's, what is that? Let's call it 48,000 to make the math easy. It's 4,000 a month. If I have 8,000 set aside for this person, I'm going to know within the first 30 days, 60 days, if this thing's going to work or not. Right. And I think a lot of people wait until wait too long to hire that administrative help. Because one thing that having an administrative person physically showing up or virtually or whatever it is, it, it allows me to do more and, yeah. and it creates so much more accountability. You know, when, when you know someone's at the office, 830 waiting for you is a lot different than when you're just by yourself and you're yeah. saying, you know what, um, I'm going to take the morning off. I'm going to go have breakfast with the, the kids and the wife and I'm going to go to the gym a little bit later. I'm not going to show up as, as, so it creates so much more urgency for you. And I think that's, one of those things it creates accountability yeah. that allows you to get more business that pays for itself. Yeah. And and I'll say by experience, that's always been my uh, kind of struggle, right? It's like um, right now the only ones depending on me is my family. Yeah. Uh, but once you add that additional person yeah. or, or persons, yeah. uh, then now you have their that person but their families yeah. or whoever they have that yeah. now depend on this. And so for me it's always been that. It's like just making sure that we're not going to, uh, and, and again, I come back. I come from a background of working in a company, mm-hmm. and so it was. It was always that, right? Is making sure there's enough uh, work flowing through to be able to keep everybody employed. Because um, the last thing you want, obviously, being let go. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's always been yeah. the case. I, and I, for me, I, and again, people are maybe aware different. I like that that pressure of making sure that the p- people on our team are, are fed and fed well. Yeah. Um, some people might not care for it I, I actually it's a driver for me because now i know that at you know 9 a.m we do have our morning meeting every morning that at 9 a.m I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll where if i didn't have a team or didn't have help then it would just there wouldn't be as much structure and i think yeah. that's maybe one thing to add um, an admin creates helps with structure because you have to show up yeah and it creates that consistency and, and obviously, you're saying admin, but it could apply to any position, right? Admin, or 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 even if somebody who's helping you do even the same stuff you're doing, obviously at a, at a lesser responsibility, um, or you duplicate yourself, right, um, to kind of create some last stuff. So, or, so let me ask you, Jesse, or even sales, right? Yeah. Let me yeah. ask you, Jesse, why haven't you hired an uh, uh, an admin? <laughs> uh, well, I'll say this, um, admin. You're right, admin. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't put down the list, like you said, in terms of where I would say would be needed. Uh-huh. Um, I guess for mine, I have there's two things. One is um, when you go back and you say about like what is it that you're good at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I I come to realize that uh, I'm really good and not really good, but what I love to do, what I enjoy, is actually the the sales part of it. Um, that's one. Uh, the other thing obviously is the design side of things like the actual drawing portion of it like like figuring things out the stuff I don't enjoy it's the invoicing the contract writing the the um, 
the the follow up with the cities and like that stuff is just the stuff I I, I don't in, I don't say don't enjoy but I, I if I could get rid of it and not do it yeah. I would definitely let somebody else handle it. Then you ready for an admin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. But and I, and obviously we've had this conversation before too in terms of like uh, um, for me uh, and again it, it all just comes back to based on your your past experience, right? Um, I've had experiences where I I brought on people uh, not not as an employee but also contract based, and I still have guys that I, they hire out contract based for specific tasks or, or work, um, but it's always hard to find the right um, individual. Um, to kind of fill that void or that need, right? Um, but again, I haven't done the strategy that you, that you just mentioned where you go through the whole like hiring process and, and, and asking the right questions and so forth. So now, obviously, that I know, that'd be the better option to kind of go and seek for that, that position. So let me tell you, when you bring on the contractor, right? Yeah. Um, and, and because you have enough sales or volume of, of business where you need yeah. that additional help, right? Yeah. So what ends up happening when you do that you then become the administrator, right? Because yeah. now your additional work's coming in and, and you're the one sending the proposals because you're now, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so you're almost, by hiring that person, you're doing more of the stuff that you don't like. Yeah. And, and but it feels in that moment that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, having a, a good person in, in your office, like a staff person, it it is a game changer. And yeah. I, I tell you that all the time, you as, as, as a buddy, um, and you, yeah, you as you as a good buddy, we have our, our recording. We should say at our, at our house, and our dog <laughs> had to come out and pee. So if you hear him barking, <laughs> he probably wants to go back in the house because it's yeah. uh, it's a little gloomy out. And uh, yeah. yeah, so hire an admin, Jesse, because I tell you, man, it is a game changer. You would do so much more business. You would focus on the stuff you want to focus on, and um, and so then the question is, how you know. Where do you start, right? Yeah, and and I, I think you know um, people uh, in this housing market's obviously a little bit different. Uh, not housing market in this. Uh, 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 yeah, this market, this this employee right? market, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. There's it's hard to find. You know, yeah. it was hard enough to find talented people before. Now, yeah. you know, very few people want to work, and so. You know, the, the people that you interact with often, like what we call affiliate partners, so our business partners, they obviously know they might have people or know of this person that's looking to change or do this or do that. And um, so I would reach out to them. Um, the interview process, if, if you're listening and want to get all the questions that we ask, you just send us an email and we'll get it over to your actually be best is say you listen to the podcast and, and send us a message on um Instagram, and then we'll get it over to you. And going through those questions, um, I think would would be a, a really important thing to make sure you get the right person. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, so so that's one obviously in terms of task and and, and getting things done to uh, thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Be able to kind of move move forward. Um, we talked about the employment task uh, tasks, uh, assignments, and so forth. Um, if somebody's uh, getting into or thinking about uh, now the financial side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about obviously paying themselves um, or paying the employee, um, and then savings. Uh, what kind of uh, suggestions or recommendations? Excuse me, recommendations would you have for somebody who's uh, who's starting to think about their financial uh, state? Um. 
just maybe make sure I get the question. Are you thinking just future planning or both? So like immediate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Making sure that they pay themselves. Or or what does that look like, right? Um, And then two is how do they set themselves for for, uh, future projections, right? So survive the year. Um, And the reason why I say this because that's always the the struggle, right? Like I got to make sure that when I'm working – um, I'm able to work uh, enough to be able to, uh, you know, make a living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does that look like? Um, like, you know, do you start going month to month or do you project for a year? And You're talking savings. about how do you pay yourself? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it depends on the industry. You know, let's talk about real estate. You know, you make a, uh, you help a family and you make, you make some money. And then obviously a, a week goes by, a month goes by, a quarter goes by, and maybe you don't make anything until that happens. So it's it's a little tougher to budget, um, which then requires you to really be tighter, right? If, if you're in a business where there's consistent sales, then it's a little bit easier because money's consistently coming in versus kind of um, feast or famine type thing yeah. in, in some businesses. Um, so depending on the business, we talked about the book Profit First. Yeah. That's a, a really good, um, it's an eye-opener to just you know, paying yourself first and what that maybe looks like and how does that gets set up. Um, so for someone that's a, a really a strong book recommendation, it's one of those books you probably listen to a couple times uh, for me at least, because it's not, it, it's, it's, I don't say dense, but it, it's, it's definitely not like theory. There's a lot of like, you got to pay attention and, yeah. and, and, and really, um, yeah. Um, I, so one other thing that, you know, a lot of people, do and, and this I don't this is not tax advice or anything. You know, I think once you break a certain amount of income, probably one forty a year, one fifty a year, maybe considering an S corporation, um, there's some tax benefits there once you break that number. Um and with that, for having any kind of corporation, you obviously have to pay yourself as a W two employee. So there's some payroll and the additional costs that go there. Um, but there's definitely some tax break. Talk to your tax person. This is not tax advice and blah, blah, blah. So, um, <laughs> so setting that up is important. Um, and then, you know, finding out what your salary is, um, whether it's, I don't know, 20000 a year, fifty, a 100000 You just have to continue to pay yourself when you have a corporation. You have to have a – the owner has to be – not the owner, but someone has to be W-2'd. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's always a question, right? Like, like if you do have somebody who's employed – or you have somebody on staff, um, and if you are going month to month, uh, or based on sales, um, what happens in that scenario where, where let's say there's not enough money coming in uh, as an as an owner? What do you do? Well, you, you work harder. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, um, you borrow, you, you make it yeah. work until you can't. Yeah. I, I think that's really what it comes down to. There, there's been times where Things got obviously tight for us a couple years ago. Um, you know, we didn't get uh, in 2017. It was a, a good year for us um, in a personal sense. You know, I, I, me and my wife got married. We bought our house and we pretty much rebuilt it from the ground up. And so there's a lot of I don't want to call it distractions, but there's opportunities for us not to focus on the business. Yeah. And, you know, making returning some calls or calling some people back versus going and picking out the flooring with my wife we ended up maybe doing that more often than we should and so the business um felt it and so staff still needed to get paid and so there you know it got a little tight where we 
took into our savings or maybe borrowed some money here and there because we didn't want to let anyone go. And we were able to kind of weather the storm and, and get stronger by it because we know that, okay, we got to this point. We don't ever want this to happen again. Yeah. Um, had we not seen that, you know, we always think there's, you know, green days ahead of us, which, you know, if you've been in business long enough, there's uh, green days and then there's not so green yeah, days. Yeah. In terms of uh, uh, planning uh, for future uh, goals or, or whatever, whether somebody's thinking about taking a vacation or yeah. or maybe taking some time off, like extended time off, um, purchasing a house, yeah. uh, purchasing a business or buying into a business, as a, as a solopreneur, uh, what would you suggest uh, in terms of financials? Yeah, so I think the the profit first book, coming back to that again, is is a good kind of way of, you know, the, the idea is a check comes in, a portion goes to these different kind of uh, pots, right? Yeah. And so if you want to go on a vacation, let's say in the summer, you got six months, the vacation is going to cost you, for example, $10,000, six months. That means you're putting away, what is that? Math is bad in the morning without coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but so you, say two grand, a, two yeah, grand a piece, yeah, uh, a, month. a month, and you're just putting that aside. And you know that that's a way of setting a goal and just executing on that goal, um, whatever frequency once a month, right? And but if you don't start that month, then it, it gets a little bit more, it gets a little bit more. And so being consistent with whatever goal you set and really following through is a really important piece. Um, now, rego- regards into um, you know purchasing a home, what I or a, a property, what I see a lot of. Um, self-employed people do, you know, and for good reason, they want to avoid taxes, right? And so they expense like crazy. And so from just uh, how a bank looks at it. They spend like crazy. Yeah, they spend or sometimes they expense. I mean, you, you know, you want to... You want to save in taxes, and so your tax person, they want you to come back next year, and they say, you know what? We can expense this, 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 and this. And in in the short term, again, if you're not buying a house or not taking on any additional financing, then it's fine. But if you're looking to acquire, let's say, a, your home or an investment property, the bank always looks at your net income. And so if you overexpensed and your net income is low, then you don't qualify for – you're not going to qualify for what you think. So, you know, what – it's the beginning of the year um, to those that are self-employed. And if you're thinking about buying a property this year or even next year, you want to get a copy of your draft taxes, take them to your lender or whoever you work with. And if you don't have one, just reach out to us. And we, all you say is, I'm going to file these tax returns. What would I qualify if I file these? Right. And, no. and do that before they're actually filed. Because once they're filed, it's a pain to kind of undo everything. And... Um, because there might be a year that, or two that you might have to pay more taxes because you have to show more income to be able to qualify for the property or the home that you like. Yeah. And a lot of people just expense like crazy um, with the idea that um, I'm going to buy a house this year and then realize that, you know what, I, I made a net income of $15,000 and, you know, I qualify for number one in and out. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, because they expense so, so much. Yeah. So um, obviously, if you're thinking of purchasing a home uh, or an investment home, uh, then you know make sure you start looking at your taxes before you file. Correct. Uh, and and net, you said net income is the what's important, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, you can make a million dollars, but if you had nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars of expenses, the bank doesn't care. You made a million dollars in gross because 
they care about what you walk away with. Take right? home, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's a really important idea to those that, you know, make a lot of money but expense like crazy. Yeah. Um, no one cares. The gross the bank doesn't care how the gross number. They care about what you're actually walking away with because that's the money you're going to have to make the monthly payment. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, talking about real estate, um, you know, for those who, who obviously are investing in uh, in crypto or stocks or or any other type of investment, their 401 or their, their Roth IRA, stuff like that, um, life insurance, I mean, uh, you, what would, and then you have real estate too, um, out of all those vehicles, uh, what would you, how would you rank them and what would be your recommendation? Ah oh, man, and 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 those are uh, those are all items I invest in. So <laughs> this is firsthand experience. So I, I'm you know I'm a partial day trader from six thirty six in the morning till about eight in the morning. If, yeah. if you ever wanted to know, and then I'm back on the market between twelve and one p.m. Yeah. Uh, in the stock market. And uh, crypto, I have some crypto, um, you know, decent amount I would say, and. Um, and I, I'll still tell you, real estate is absolutely by far the best in investment because of a few different things. Um, obviously, it, it's it's a safe investment because it's it's property and, and there's a limited supply in a sense where, you know, I have Tesla stocks. There's, I don't know, 50 million shares of stock. Right? <laughs> so it's, uh, let me see, what's the, the stock? I'm trying to pull it up right now as we speak. Okay, I can't. I don't know where it is on the, the damn thing. Yeah. Um, same with crypto. Um, the one thing, though, that, that is the, the best like um, thing about real estate is real estate offers leverage. Where, you know, someone might say with stocks, there's margin accounts and so forth where you can leverage more. Um, however, if I have, let's say, um, I'm buying a, talking to the entrepreneurs, I'm buying an, an investment property, let's say a, uh, fourplex, right? Uh, and it's a million dollars, right? And I need say twenty five percent down. That's two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? With two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I can buy this duplex. Now, fast forward five years, ten years. Obviously, you receive the rental income from that fourplex. But what ends up happening is there's probably going to be some appreciation. And the last year or two years, appreciation has been insane. So I won't even consider that because we've been closer to like fifteen percent appreciation. So. And that's 15% appreciation off the asset value, which is the million dollars, yeah. not off the 250000 Now, if I had the same 250000 and invested into stocks or you know, the S&P 500 or anything else, you'll probably get a 5 10 15% return as well. But you're getting that return based off of your two fifty. So if I fast forward five years, 10 years, right, with same similar um, appreciation rates, my 15% appreciation of a million dollars my cash on cash return is substantially higher so with with stocks you don't get that yeah right you, whatever you put in is what it's going to grow and if with a house it's the asset so you know for those that bought going back 10 years 2010 i mean i, I purchased a property in uptown whittier a duplex um exactly 10 years ago it's 2012 and i paid 380 for it or something like that. I bought it with an FHA loan back then. I put $20,000 down. Um, fast forward, that property is worth probably 900000 right? So my 20000 I got a, whatever that is, 25 times return. Had right. I put that same $20,000 in the market, 
I, you know, I would have maybe got to a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand return, not a you know six, seven hundred thousand dollar return. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's the power of of real estate, where you know crypto. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's a little undefined yet. Crypto for me is just like you know you're gonna hit the the home run. You're and gambling. It, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like to think my stock is gambling. We yeah. can't go to Vegas, but Vegas opens up between yeah. six a.m. and eight a.m. every day <laughs> at the market. Um, but 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 real estate's again more secure in that sense because you know the the housing shortage is still here, the rental shortage is still there. So you always have renters, you always have someone looking to buy. And I don't see it changing next, you know, in, in the near future. So um, plus, it's something that you could uh, you could pass on to your family, right? Yeah. So if you have kids, uh, you know, or grandkids, right, uh, you could, you know, pass that on. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about the whole generational wealth and, and how to create that. And I don't know how, how it was for you growing up or in your culture, but at least from my end, uh, culture-wise, it's it's never that. It's always, you know, work hard, you know, up to your retirement age, which is whatever, 65. You know, make sure that between now and 65 you save enough uh, or put away enough money. So when you're ready to retire, there's enough to kind of guide you through, uh, through the end of your life, uh, or rest of your life. Um, you know, I've, I have family members who have gone through that, and uh, it's just it's one of those things where like it's great. It sounds great in theory, and it makes sense uh, when you're trying to navigate through through that process. But in terms of long term, like I don't know what you would hand off to your kids. I mean. Um, and then on top of it, if it's money that you're saved, it's going to run out at some point, right? And so, uh, whereas, you know, real estate, you're able to, uh, you know, keep it, sell it, you know. The, the idea is you have to have assets that appreciate. Yeah. And money doesn't appreciate, right? And I think the, the you know, I, I've, I'm an immigrant. We migrated here from Egypt in the late 80s i think yeah 87 i believe and um coming here we were taught that you know i I went through the school system here i went got a bachelor's got an mba and that was a very common thing get a good job save your money and then you'll live happily ever after and i think you know going through what i've gone through as far as education and and how that's the the kind of the, the culture i think it's the absolute worst advice that someone can do you save money, you know, especially right now we're in uh, an inflationary period where you're seeing five, six percent inflation. The money that you save just lost five percent yeah. this year, and next year, if it drops to say four percent, and so saving money, you're actually you know losing money every single year. Um, so you have to put whatever money you have in an appreciating asset that will outpace at least inflation and yeah. so you're putting in the bank your checking account your cds are you know it, it's just it, it's not it's not practical anymore back then s- savings and checkings and cds used to give a, a number that outpaced inflation yeah. and so that made sense but over time that idea that that's where money should go is an absolute stupid idea and, and I say that you have to put the money in something that appreciates because if you put that 100000 today into a property and you wait 30 years, uh, that appreciation of that asset is so much more. And, um, yeah, and, and so if, if we could probably have another thing because yeah. I'm really <laughs> like, like I, I think it's just bad advice that's yeah. been handed off year yeah. over year. Um, one, one thing I would say, you talked about 
generation and your upbringing. I think this is a like a, a lost like like way to think is if you are currently renting, right? Um, and not it's good or bad. It's just renting or home ownership becomes generational, meaning that. It, it becomes like the standard of a family, right? When we got here, when we migrated, we rented and my parents purchased, right? And they purchased fairly young and I, I don't know back then how they did it and all the details. However, I knew when I went to college and got a good job, I knew I was to buy a house, right? Or buy a property because I needed a, eventually a place to live on my own and so forth. And so that became normal and I didn't question it. It was just like, okay, now I'm going in that direction. Where if you're renting, then the quite like home ownership doesn't become part of it. Yeah. So I think as a as an entrepreneur or as as anyone really, and if you have if you're planning on having children, you have children now, you have to do that sooner or later because if you want to really put set up your children in a better position, you that has to be a standard, right? And yeah. and same thing with going to school or you know once that first person does it, then it becomes okay. Now I expect um, you know my 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 daughter to do it. And, and last thing uh, with my rant. Um, <laughs> we, when I went and I, I got my MBA yeah. and I knew I was never going to use it because I wanted to do real estate. And, you know, if a realtor has an MBA, it doesn't really change anything for yeah. the end consumer. Um, just, uh, you know, it's not going to get you the position, right? It, it's your other things that are going to get you the position. However, I, I went through it and I finished it because I knew when my daughter grows up that I could say, like the MBA is now the minimum standard, right? Without saying that, it's hard for me to kind of push that out. Now, whether yeah. she decides to do it or not, that's a different story. However, I could just say, you know, this is what you need to do. You've set the bar. Exactly. Yeah. And, and same with home ownership. You set the bar for the family and it happens, it has to happen somewhere. So if it's yeah. not there now, you know, you got to kind of take that leap. And at the end of the day, you're investing in an appreciating asset. So fast forward, you know, and it's it's great that we, you know, we're very good about keeping in contact with our past clients. We do right. client appreciation events and all this stuff. And I look at some of the families that we helped five years ago, even ten years ago, and what they paid for properties and and how how well they are set up now. Being able to take that lead is is just it, it gives me like goosebumps sometimes. And there's yeah. one family that that kind of stands out. They bought in Compton. It was two hundred and ten thousand dollars. It was a husband and wife. Which um, might have been a lot at that time, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it was, and we had the conversation because they were thinking, "Wow, this is too much." It was an extra like fifty dollar payment because interest rates gone up. And I said, "Guys, you're in a position where your income is only going to increase. You're kind of younger in your careers. Whatever you make now, next year you're going to make a little bit more, but that payment stays the same." And so they took the advice and said, "All right, we'll do it." Fast forward, they they both have good jobs. The 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 husband's a sheriff, and I forget what the wife does, and they still come to our events. And their $210,000 house is now $650,000 house. They have all this equity built in. They were able to remodel, do this, and have this nest egg. Uh, plus, and now the payment is like a drop in the bucket, right? Because they've income has gone up and maybe their payment's $1,500. Now, a one-bedroom in, in Whittier is probably 1700 to $2,000. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it, at that point, it was like, oh, my God, I can't afford this. Yeah. And and it's still the same today. Anyone that gets into a house, they're like, oh, my God, the whatever, $2,500, $3,000 is a lot. Fast forward another 10 years, you're going to say the same thing to maybe 6000 and you're going to feel yeah. that payment wasn't that bad. Yeah. You just got to adjust and, and tighten down where you need. Maybe you top ramen for a little bit. You know, <laughs> you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. 
but there's greener pastures ahead once you actually do that. Once you plan, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of obviously the, um, we talked about investment and, and how to get uh, some kind of uh, wealth going or, or stream, uh, no, well, setting up some kind of future wealth, right? Um, in terms of like thinking about, um, you know, as a business owner um, and how to uh, stay on top of things in terms of, uh, you know, keeping, trying to be as successful as you can. Um, in terms, in terms of bringing on mentors or or uh, shadowing somebody or or having somebody who you could kind of rely on, I mean, what's your what's your experience on that and uh, or recommendation on you know bringing somebody um, to kind of help or, or or just be the uh, sounding board? Um, I mean, is that needed? Is that necessary? Yeah, is so that Eva asked me this question? Right? She's you know my wife's kind of stepped back a little bit. And taking care of our daughter, obviously, a little bit more full-time and, and working part-time. And we had this conversation, and um, it was around, you know, I, I have some money, and I, she was thinking about putting in the stock market because, I, you know, in our household, we talk about stocks, or at least I do, when <laughs> things go well and also when things go bad. And, and so she's like, hey, I have some money, and, and um, you know, again, I'm a believer in Tesla long-term. And so she said, should I buy um, some Tesla shares? And... And I, you know, my answer to her is, is if I was in her position or, and this is really to anyone is that 10, 20, 30, whatever thousand dollars, that money should be invested in yourself or in your business. And I think that $10,000, let's, let's call it that by investing in yourself, learning a new skill, reading books, you're going to multiply that substantially more than if it was in the market. So I think your best investment is always going to be in yourself. And the cheapest form is obviously, you know, like you said, mentors, which through uh, reading books or listening to books, because you're kind of walking in their shoes of someone that's gone through that process. And um, so obviously that and then until you start talking about paying for coaching and other things like that, I think long term, though, your best investment is always in yourself. So coaching, is that something that would make sense for somebody who's starting off or, or somebody who's already in business and still you know, doing well to, to get on or is it just more uh, case by case? And No, I, I think, you know, coaching and, and, and let's, let's call it something else. It's, it's just really accountability, mm-hmm. right? I think that accountability is, 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 is what's going to keep, keep pushing you, right? When you know you have to report your numbers or you have to share what you did this week or, you know, this month or whatever, how the frequency of your coaching, it, it, it creates some, some accountability and urgency there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I have I've had a business coach for maybe five years, and I you know I, I pay a um, thousand bucks a month, so it's you know it's not cheap, and it's four thirty minute conversations, so it's two hundred and fifty dollars a conversation for thirty minutes, and so it's five hundred bucks roughly an hour. So that's obviously that's a a big amount, and and um, and knowing that. I obviously show up a little bit better if I know I have to do certain things. I try to do them before the coaching call, <laughs> you know, and um, however, you could do that with someone else. You don't necessarily have to pay for that. I think the, as soon as you start putting some money into it, it feels a little bit more real. Of course. Because you're it's showing a skilling up. game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've always been a big fan of a coach. I mean, all the greats have coaches, you know, your Tiger Woods, your you're Michael Jordan, you're this and that, even though they're at that elite level, they still have coaches, yeah. right? And someone that's going to really just call out your BS and just say, no, you're better than that. You could give me more. 
and and that incremental increase week over week over week that's when you really see the magic happen yeah. it's not a you know it's not going to the gym one time and all of a sudden you become strong it's not brushing your teeth once and yeah. saying you have perfect white teeth it's that you know daily uh check in or daily brushing the teeth daily uh workout that's going to a year from now you start seeing the results yeah yeah um, you mentioned uh, uh, hit your numbers. Um, in terms of numbers, what does that mean um, as a business owner, um, and and how do you track that? Like, what's a yeah. good way of measuring that? Yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously all unique to each of the the, the business, and, and you know, maybe I'll use your business for example. It's it's how many proposals, let's say, you wrote last year, right? And so that's maybe sales appointments you went on or, or let's even go at a higher level, right? How I would look at your business is, you know, how many people inquired about your services, right? From those, how many people were, had appointments set, right? And these are all percentages. Um, how many then from those appointments set, how many appointments were kept? And from those appointments kept, how many appointments were actually signed in the contract, right? And then what's your average um, contract? you know, like receipt in a sense, how much work. And then, so you know all that, right? All these like ratios. Then if you say, I want to make $200,000, you just multiply all that out, right? To find out how many people need to call you or how many people you need to sit in front of to make your 200,000. And then you take that and let's say it's, um, say 250 appointments throughout the year that you have to set to make your $200,000 goal. Then all I need to focus on is, you know, 250, let's call it 240, make math easy, I divided by 12, I need to set 20 appointments every month to be able to hit my goal, right? Mm. And so then I'll take it even weekly or, or daily. So if it's weekly, um, if we're talking about 24 a week, I'm sorry, a month, then divide that by four. So it's six appointments a week that I have to set to make my 200,000. So my weekly focus now is who, who are those six people? Yeah. And and that's that's it. People kind of complicate things too much. I think if you know your conversion ratios at each of the kind of milestones, again, how many appointments are set, how many appointments are kept, let's say 50% of the appointments are kept, then it just really becomes a math equation. And then once you know how many appointments you need to or people you need to talk to, then it just becomes pretty, pretty easy because I know I need to talk to five people. And then at that point, it's like, okay. Who are those five people and how do I find them? Do they find me? And obviously, do you pay for them to find you? And all the other things kind of go into play. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I never looked at it that way, like uh, in terms of conversion uh, conversion rates and so forth. And Because what you're saying, it, it is almost a formula to uh, have in place to help you project what is going to be happening this year or even the following year, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's all, I mean, once it comes down to that level, that that's when you're, you can then focus on yeah. what it is you need to do. Cause if you're thinking, Oh, I need this market needs to go out. The need to, this needs to go out. The closer we can get to our one thing, which is going on appointments, for example, let's say that's yours. Yeah. Then all your focus on is who do I need to talk to? And once you start thinking that I need to have, five appointments this week right they find you and you find them a lot easier it's mm. like buying a car and now everyone has that car if that's only now your what is it called the reticular activator it's part of your mind that just kind of blocks out the things you don't need to see yeah. and then only lets you focus on the things and that's why when you buy a new car a new pair of shoes you start noticing people having yeah. that 
Um, same thing when you know that, okay, now I need to talk to those five people, your m- brain starts running in the direction that it's going to help. Health, we talked health as a business, but not health as an individual. Um, how important is that for you and, and, uh, and how would, how should somebody look at it? Um, I mean, health is not important, Jesse. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Until you're not healthy and then yeah. you realize it's the absolute, you know, um, the, I, there's this story that, and this is obviously not in a joking manner or anything. And I don't know if it was a, a meme or a, or a little video. And and it was, you know, how important is oxygen? You know, and we take it for granted. And oxygen is not as important. But when you can't breathe, it's absolutely the most critical thing. And um, so, you know, we talked about investing that $10,000 in yourself, right? And to improve you. And, and, and the same would be said for your personal health. Because if you're not... At your hundred percent, then you know whatever ratios we talked about just go out the door. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that's really um, not talked about. People when they start focusing on their business, they you know they let themselves in a sense they're not focusing on themselves; they're focusing on the business. And um, you know, uh, a healthier person is going to be more productive. That's going to allow you to do more. Where you try to kind of defer your health. And you just work harder. It's it's not it's not sustainable. And yeah. I think if you really want to kind of have your business continue to go, you have to focus on your health, your nutrition. Uh, I'm not saying you know go vegan or exercise every day for three hours. However, a walk pretty you know frequently. Uh, you know maybe getting the diet coke instead of the coke. Right? Those are yeah. the types of choices that over time, like we talk about compound to either set you up in a good health position or or not consistency right making sure yeah. that you're you're able to st- uh, pick something and, and stay with stick with it yeah. long yeah. term yeah um there, there's one thing that i read or saw and it says eating a salad doesn't make you healthy or eating a burger doesn't make you unhealthy but it's if you eat the salad every day or if you eat the burger every day yeah. it's that trajectory of i'm going in the right direction or i'm not yeah yeah and, and, you know, we talk about, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about what you do every day um, uh, or every week to kind of, you know, put that plan into place. Um, but I think it's important that there is some kind of physical activity. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned the walk. Um, if you don't have time for the walk, I say do something that's more, uh, um, again, I'm not I'm not the, the fittest guy and I'm not yeah. the probably the expert to be talking about something like this, yeah. but, but it's definitely something to think about um because uh somebody somebody said it or put it well is uh if your if your glass is empty uh and this kind of relates to health right if, if your your glass is empty then how are you going to be able to fill someone else somebody glass. else's glass right yeah. um and as a solopreneur um or even as a small business if you're not all there then who's going to be able to manage and lead some of this stuff Um, I know with age, as we get older, you know, things kind of pop up, but, but, uh, I think if we start planning right, uh, ahead of time, then I think it'll, it'll, um, long-term we're able to be in a better position. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what, what you do, uh, weekly? I I mean, kind of just to give an example or like, I just have accountability around me. Right. And I, and I'm pretty disciplined. I've always, I played sports for the longest time. And so I've, you know, exercising or movement is, is, is something that's I'm just used to. However, as you said, as we get 
a little older it's it's a little easier and, and we have our, our daughter you know um sleeps right between me and my wife and so <laughs> i know it's not good and you know that might be another conversation but <laughs> she does and it you know if she's cuddling with with me in the morning it's really hard to kind of get out of bed and you know that's kind of my story and i'm sure people have their own yeah and um However, uh, you know, we I'm, we have a little gym downstairs and one of my buddy, he does personal training. So he comes and, and kind of work out either together, works me out in a sense. And um, so he comes over three days a week. And, um, you know, I would say roughly three days a week. I would say one every other a day, every other week, he something comes up or I can or have a meeting or what have you. However, I know he's coming. And so if I know he's coming, I kind of have to be awake and have to be. And we start fairly early. And, um, and at the end of it, I'm, I'm happy, right? When we start, it's like, oh man, I, I, why am I doing this? And all these other thoughts. But once he gets here and I know he's coming here, then I know I have to show up, right? I'm not going to not answer the door because he's still going to charge me. Um, so once I open the door and he's in there now it's, it's game on. So, you know, and that might be a a partner, a workout partner where you're going to go to a park or you're going to go running and you if you don't show up obviously you're going to let them down and um so uh, i would say uh, some routine exercise again whether it's walking running lifting weights is, is something that's important you know and i tend to find that it's easier to do in the mornings and yeah. kind of before the day gets really hectic and for me the earlier the better um because once the day starts it's really it's really easy not to do it yeah and um so I, before you got here we're again chatting in our house we uh, we had i was on the bike for a little bit you're sweaty i wasn't sure why but yeah <laughs> like what are you doing why are you sweating and why are you in a it's it's you know eight o'clock or eight thirty whenever we started um but it was obviously i, I worked out before and and um you know actually i got a little sprayer and i sprayed myself <laughs> like he's gonna come here i gotta look like i just finished working out and i just wiping the boogers out of my eyes yeah. no I'll give you some some life hacks, man. If you're thinking about uh, trying to get something going, um, and again, I I don't know if somebody told me this or I read this somewhere, but um, we we tend to uh, it's good to start with some kind of workout or movement in the mornings uh, because it kind of sets your day. And so, um, if you're used to putting like a, like a to do list, if you put working out as uh, or movement uh, as the first thing you do when you wake up. Um, and you actually do it and you're able to cross it off your list, then it's going to set you to uh, to a position where now you're going to follow through that to-do list, yeah. which is – it's weird, right? Like yeah. from a psych side. Yeah, and you just get the the blood flowing. Yeah, I mean yeah. you just become more productive. You're, 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 you're alive, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that's – a lot of times we kind of drag into the morning and, and yeah. you know, hope coffee helps and – but you know, once your blood starts flowing in in your system, you're just more alert, more aware, can make better decisions, and um, and less relying on on coffee as, I, yeah. as we pound this jug of coffee. So us. that's hack one. Hack two is um, if you're lazy like me, where you know sometimes you just don't want to get up uh-huh. and you start making excuses. Um, this one was one that I actually read where uh, if you if the night before when you go to sleep, you set your shoes right by your bed. Mm-hmm. And you actually go to sleep with your workout clothes on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's got to be clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you wake. It's easier for when you wake up. You're in right that, that position to just jump onto whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, and and it, it it's one of those things where like again you think like eh, it's something yeah. minor, but long term it's yeah. uh, definitely helpful. Yeah. Life hack three, man. 
uh, and this is again something I read um, where if you're trying to start some kind of because uh, um, it's always consistency, right? Making sure that you kind of keep doing what you're doing and habit for it becoming a habit. Um, you start off small, so like in my case, we got an elliptical. If you could just get on the elliptical for about a minute, just only a minute. Make sure that your goal is to hit a minute. Once a minute hits, you're off. Do that for a whole week. Next week is two. Next week is three and so forth. To a point where, like, at that point, you're going to stop counting the minutes and you're going to want to be able to continue doing this. Um, even at that, like, it's just small, like you said, small increments um, long term. It, it'll definitely uh, turn into a, a helpful or benefit uh, habit. Yeah. There's a lot of books that are, are not books, but people let's say save a dollar a day for January as we begin the year. January first, put a dollar away. January second, put two dollars away. And as you get closer, I don't know what the math comes out, but it's ten thousand plus dollars um, if you want to save for that vacation, nice. right? And it's just that incremental, just increase yeah. where you don't go to the gym and you don't bench press five hundred pounds day one. You're yeah. gonna start with whatever twenty five pounds, and yeah. you go to thirty pounds, like you mentioned. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, like, kind of life hacks. Um, there's a book that I, I think, in, in my opinion, one of the best written books ever for business and just habit forming, and it's called The Atomic Habit. Mm. And if you haven't read that book, put that before profit first. I, I think that book every single human should read. And um, one, one of the ha- hacks that as you mentioned is put your alarm clock somewhere where you got to get up out of bed mm. and the first thing you do as soon as you turn off the alarm you go brush your teeth yeah and if you brush your teeth and right. you're in that minute or two or three or whatever long you brush your teeth you are you're not going to go back to bed if you have brushed teeth right yeah. you're going to start your day off and um so that that book obviously that's one of the examples but it, it's just an incredible incredible book about the compound effect of good habits and and the awareness of the compound effect of bad habits, right? Yeah. And what happens if you eat that, for example, that double double every single day, <laughs> right? Or you know, smoke the pack or two cigarettes a day, or whatever yeah. it might be. And um, you know, and not this is not judge or anything, but it's just it, it's the awareness of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about books. What other books would you recommend? Uh, so uh, we mentioned uh, Atomic Habits, um, Profit First. Let me open up my Audible. I, I think The Relentless by Jim Grover is, is a really good book. Um, that is um, Michael Jordan's trainer for years and years and, and talks about kind of um, p- performing at that level, at, you know, being the absolute best. Um, you know, I, I have a few different books. You know, there's as entrepreneurs, you know, one of the strategies that someone can do is buy an existing business, right? If I'm a if I'm a new tax person, right, I can go to a tax person that's retiring and maybe buy their business. And part of that might be over a five period, a year period where they're vested and they get some returns. And so there's, and I'm kind of going through these books, there's called the golden handshake that if you're in that position, thinking about acquiring an established business, same with you an architect practice, that's maybe a stab, more established, a bigger client base with return customers and, and what that looks like, the setup of that. Um, uh, profit first, like I mentioned, this is a, a unique book that you most people would never think I would read. It's called The Enlightened Gardener mm. by Sidney Banks. And this is a book about a gardener in the UK that speaks to this psychologist that are there for a psychology like event. And they go to the Enlightened Gardener, ask him questions. And it's all 
like 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 spiritual mental it, it's a really unique book and i've read it multiple times and i and i and it gets you to think and it gets you to slow down i think that's a again um it, there's this book called extreme ownership um it's by i don't even can't pronounce her name but extreme ownership it's it's around a navy seal yeah. that um that writes a book and the premise without really spoiling obviously there's more detail in it is everything happens it's your fault and you know whether this happened in the stock market in the housing market and this it's it, it, maybe not that extreme but it, it's your fault and i think yeah. the sooner we accept that we take that personal like uh, responsibility that's really empowering versus saying oh this happened i'm not gonna do it because this happened or that happened um the compound effect is good and um, I have many other books. So, how about you? What, what what are some of the books that you're reading, or you like? Um, I've gone through different books. Um, one that I, I always recommend. Um, it has nothing to do with business, but it's more life. Um, and uh, you know, just getting some some uh, helpful uh, advice uh, to navigate through life. Actually, it comes from uh, Matthew McConaughey, man. Really? Yeah, his book uh, called Green Lights. Um, if Obviously, reading the paper book, uh, you know, you can go through that. But if you ever get a chance to listen to the audio book, because he's the one actually narrating, narrating, narrating the narrating book. Narrating it, huh? Man, that guy's His like, own book? His own book, man. Uh-huh. He, he's really good, man. Um, the Let's see. The one I've, I've listened or um, read is uh, Never Split the Difference, yeah. uh, which obviously goes into uh, more kind of sales negotiation yeah. type Um Seth Godin is one who I've kind of followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, his book is uh, This Is Marketing. Uh, and then he's also done The uh, Purple Cow, which, uh, mm-hmm. again, goes into kind of marketing yeah. kind of aspect of things. The one I'm currently reading right now is uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Shet Holmes, which, uh, um, same thing, sales, but, but it's sales uh, and also customer service because those two obviously go hand in hand. Um, and so for my and my goal this year is to be able to have better customer service um, or not better, but improve customer service and uh, be able to kind of make that a uh, uh, you know its own kind of defining goal. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've I've kind of had on the on the books lately. Um, but again, it, it all comes down to just making sure that you pick up a book or, or listen to a book, uh, whatever you enjoy. Um, for me, obviously, my I don't know how it is for you, but. If I'm going to spend the time uh, driving from one point to the other, I'd rather listen to uh, something that's going to give me some uh, yeah. knowledge um, rather than uh, a beat that's yeah. going <laughs> to... Yeah, you want you want to be in a something that's going to let you grow than stay yeah. in the same place. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm the same way. I, I hardly ever listen to music in the car. I'm either on the phone or... Really, it's off, and I'm in my yeah. own head, which is not a good thing. I had a I had a realtor uh, uh, give me, uh, or just kind of, she had mentioned something that I, you know, I never noticed or never caught on, and she was like, you know, when I go on my appointments, instead of listening to music, because uh, nowadays some of the music is just like f this, f that, yeah. you know, and this and that, and um, she listens to more inspirational uh, uh, videos or or something that's more mellow. That puts her in a uh, in a state where when she she arrives to the appointment now she's uh, projecting that energy. Yeah. Whereas if she was walking in with this you know music yeah. that was like f this f that, then she's projecting that into that that presentation. So she stopped listening to Tupac. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, you know, I, I, 
I mean, I, you know, I've been doing it, and like yeah. it makes sense, you know, because uh, um, when I used to take a, a drive down to my old job, uh, which was about an hour drive, uh, I was constantly listening to some jazz uh, uh, music just to kind of mellow the, uh-huh. the uh, or soothe the uh, the, the commute. Um, but it, it again, everything like you say when you first started, like what you surround yourself with definitely impacts uh how your your state of mind but also your state of living or current situation uh and that's always important i mean if you want to take it back i, I think you said you heard it on a uh, somebody mentioned to you or or you read it somewhere but if uh if you're uh if you're a believer uh and even the bible itself says you know you tell me who your who your friends are and i could you know tell you who who uh who you're you're kind of who you are, right? Based on your, your yeah. the people you hang around with, um, and it's totally true. I mean, I think uh, you need to be able to surround yourself with uh, good people, like-minded people, uh, people that are gonna push you forward, uh, help you excel, um, and they're gonna be there to kind of help you support uh, whether you're down or up, right? Yeah, um, and it's not letting go of those other people. It's just knowing that. You know, certain people are going to bring you up and other people are going to, yeah. you know, keep you the same place. And, and you just have to make a decision, you know, and, and not saying, again, let go of those people or because we all have friends that, you know, are, are inspiring friends. And we yeah. have some friends that we probably know we shouldn't be hanging out with. And and those that if we hung out with, we exercise more. If we hung out with less, we probably not as yeah. exercise because of what, you know, our, our habits. And, um, you know, the more of those that get you to good habits the, the, you want to hang out with more of those people because yeah. you know you, you start improving in life or going that direction yep yep all right this is are we good no we're good i mean <laughs> this I think, is i think we covered long. yeah we've we've gone more than we should have um but obviously i was trying to take care of some of the items that that we kind of got some messages on yeah. um i don't know if you want to tackle this last one but uh, before we, we exit here uh but what, what would you uh do if you're feeling overwhelmed um, in in any current situation, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we feel overwhelmed because we take on too much, and I think we take on stuff that doesn't serve us. And I think you know, again, jotting down, we start, we talked about the job description, but jotting down the things that you can one control and thing and and, and maybe address those items first, because um, there's stuff outside of our control, and that's the stuff that overwhelms me. You know, I, you know, if I go in the st- and if I live in the stuff I can control, I will ne- I hardly ever get overwhelmed. However, if I'm focusing on the Tesla stock dropping <laughs> and I have no control over that and my focus is on, man, this is, you know, if it keeps dropping, I'm going to lose. Blah, 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 I, I, I go in a bad place because it's something out of my control. So focus on the things that you can control and the things that you can't. You have to just let go. Um what else and then would that be like would would a mastermind group work for something like that where where it helps you kind of alleviate some of this stuff or 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 is that mastermind group a little different than uh, scenario See, i would think that it even overwhelms you more because oh, okay. you're taking on more, more responsibility. you know the, the goal is to kind of slow down i think if you're overwhelmed and focus on the things that you can control and and you, you know the best advice is you can only work on one thing at one time yeah and if you know what things are going to impact your life, your business the most, you focus on that first. Yeah. And then you focus on the the next thing that impacts your life. Yeah. And you almost like a put a to-do list, but a priority based on priority. 
right? And I think the more you knock out the important things that are mission critical, the less overwhelmed you're going to feel. But if you think, oh, I got to do all these things and then I got to order toilet paper, I got to take out the trash, I got to, you know, take the kids, I got to do this, I got to do that, it becomes overwhelmed. Focus yeah. on the things you can control and that are priority, do those first, and then that overwhelming feeling, I think, starts fading away and it's not as because you're, you're knocking out the important things first. Remo, thanks for uh, for yeah. coming on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for you, all that. That uh, use the restroom soon here <laughs> for all that info, <laughs> man. It's uh, again, you only touch uh, the tip of the iceberg, man. Yeah. I mean, I know there's more. Yeah. Uh, maybe if uh, if, or if the listeners want to have a little bit more um, more of this, then let us know. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could do like a quarterly kind of conversation. Uh, yeah. Talk about business, uh, and obviously not just our business, but business in general yeah. and how that works. And we try to do that. This, this is not a real estate. This is not yeah. about architect. I think our goal is to just have a transparent conversation that people are might be having one on one with other people or in a group or just themselves. And hopefully, this created some clarity on just a different perspective of of, of things. And and also that you're not alone, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. everybody goes through the same struggles, yeah. the same questions, the same hurdles. So. Yeah. Um, with that said, yeah. If you want to buy or sell, give us a call. <laughs> That's the only pitch. No. Again, thank you guys for for listening. And again, if you guys have uh, any questions or would like more info and and, and see this more often, let us know. And uh, we'll, we would gladly uh, have Remo come back and uh, have that conversation. Yep. With that said, uh, happy New Year, Woodier, yep. and uh, see you on the next one. All right, bye, Woodier.